Good evening, IT entrepreneurs, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Joe Panateri, content czar for AfterNines.com. Thanks for joining us each Tuesday night at 9.01 p.m. Eastern and sometimes in between. Now, on a podcast episode 36, my conversation with MaintenanceNet VP Justin Karate. We discuss how hardware and software companies can eliminate service revenue leakage. It's all about grabbing money from the table that's rightfully yours. The secret is in the data and in your existing hardware and software customer base. Justin, nice to be talking to you. How you been? I'm doing well, Joe. Good to talk to you. For our listeners who are not familiar with MaintenanceNet, what exactly is the company's focus? Well, MaintenanceNet is really a, a data services and SaaS technology company that focuses on helping companies you know, manage annuity contract revenue streams, okay. you know, for lack of a better term. So, you know, our, our clients are typically large OEMs and software providers and that have a need for, you know, tracking, visualizing and capturing, you know, downstream renewal or attach opportunities or other types of annuity management uh, capabilities around their annuity contract revenue vehicles. Got it. So if I'm if I'm a hardware company, a software company, or, or you know a, a technology company that has some sort of maintenance attached to my business, it sounds like I can use your cloud platform to make sure that I'm capturing that annuity revenue. Sure. And and really, there's two components there. So automation is a huge component, especially in the low contract dollar space. Yep. And I'll talk a little bit about that, but. You know, you've got you've got contracts that go out into the market. Some are large, you know, some are massive. They, you know, they're they're attached to large hardware, complicated hardware uh, implementations and deployments, hardware and software built in. Those are massive contracts, and typically, you know, those are well managed by most of the OEMs or the software providers, right? Because they're huge. Yep. You know, move the needle. But then you've got this this huge sort of long tail of smaller value contracts that go out the door that get attached, you know, at point of sale, uh, but that are not well tracked and frankly are not large enough uh, to justify human based, you know, hunting and chasing to, to, to track it and, and get a renewal. Right. Just doesn't make sense for teams of people to be chasing a lot of that contract value. So number one, you know, MaintenanceNet is bringing to the table, how do we make that data, that opportunity data, the ecosystem data, you know, visible and organized and actionable, mm -hmm. number one, right, regardless of the size of the contract, but bring all that, you know, data visualization, data analytics, data management, all of the hardcore data side lifting that has to happen to make an opportunity visible an opportunity trackable and an opportunity executable. And then how do you automate that segment of the business that is frankly, you know, not worthy of or not cost effective to deploy human based sales teams to chase. And, right. and a lot of the, a lot of the contract value that evaporates in the market every year is yeah, because people lose visibility to it and it's not well managed, but also because some of it's so small that people make a conscious decision not to try to recapture it. Right. So we can automate the actual execution of that opportunity into the market in that low, you know, low contract dollar space to remove the burden from human-based selling teams 
to capture those downstream actions. Right. So if, if I have 20 contracts, for instance, and each one is, is uh, fairly uh, not that big in terms of financial size, but you roll up those 20 in terms of the total amount, it's a lot, oh, of, it's a lot of money, but I just don't Absolutely. have the, the human capital, the human time to chase that. Exactly. And, and think about put yourself in the in the shoes of a salesperson at a large hardware manufacturer. Right. Regardless of the route they're selling to. Uh, you know, I've got big hardware quotas. Yes, yeah, service might be part of my quota. Maybe not. Uh, but but I've got a revenue quota and a gross profit number I have to deliver. And when I'm facing some pretty big you know quotas and I've got, you know, a handful of small service contracts that are coming across, you know, can I take the time to go chase those down? Can I make the call out? You know, can, do I have time to organize the data? Can I create the quote? Is it worth my time? There's an opportunity cost in addition to the actual low value of the contract. So instead, if I can have MaintenanceNet organize that opportunity, make it visible to me so I understand what's coming up right. and then automate those opportunities to the point in the market where the transaction actually gets executed, that's a huge value proposition for me. Yep, absolutely. So and if I'm running a sales team at one of those hardware manufacturers, I'm talking about a large contract opportunity that I can start to address without dedicating the human capital required to do that. And I can raise my performance in capturing that downstream action. And the real opportunity here is to make the data visible, actionable, and use the data in a way that becomes strategic to the company. Right, right. So, you, I, know, I, you know, you've really hammered home sort of the automation conversation as well as the data visualization conversation. So at the heart of it, do you think you're an a analytics company? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say, and I, I tell people this all the time. Yes, we have a SaaS platform. Yes, we have automation that makes, you know, that, that tries to bring, you know, action and execution and organization to a, you know, a complex problem. But before all that can happen, you've got a lot of, of heavy lifting that has to be done in terms of data aggregation, data cleansing, understanding that data, visualizing that data and presenting that data in a way that can be easily actioned either by maintenance net on the automation side or by the OEM organization when they want to, you know, attack with a sales team. So that's where, that's where the heavy lifting and the differentiation comes. Right. It's not so much in the platform, you know, the dashboards and the reports and, and, and all of that. It's in the, how do you take, you know, massive amounts of data from, you know, lots of disparate sources, bring that together, identify the meat and potatoes of it and make it, make it actionable out into the market. And do that efficiently. As you focus on data, I'm, I'm starting to wonder, is there a predictive analytics component here? And what, what I mean is, on the, on the one hand, you're, you're analyzing all that data or your customers are analyzing the data. But, but can they begin to see emerging trends or opportunities and then capitalize on those insights in, in a proactive fashion? I mean, absolutely. So would I say that, you know, we are well ahead of the curve around analytics and, and predictive analytics? The answer is, you know, no, but it's roadmapped. We understand that the data trends that can be, you know, teased out of this data management and, and, and data work that we do are going to be hugely important. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be important around, you know, customers who display certain behaviors or trends are likely to react to certain offers or certain value propositions in a certain way. Right. 
those those trends, those analytics are starting to become are starting to kind of make themselves clear as we engage with some of these OEMs over a long period of time. So, for instance, you know, do you want to do you want to improve your attach rates at point of sale? There are certain characteristics of the customers that buy the warranty maintenance or the software support that might, you know, lean towards, you know, being very receptive to add-on contracts or uh, upsell, cross-sell opportunities downstream. Customers who bought X also buy Y. Or customers who, you know, are above a certain value in the amount of maintenance or support that they buy are of higher likelihood to buy additional items or offerings. Those are the things that are starting to come out and we just have to do a better job productizing them and bringing those to market. But absolutely, that's where we're going. Okay, all right. Now it's crystal clear. Okay, I've got a good picture of what Maintenance Net does today and in the market you serve. Tell me a little bit about uh, what's ahead. You, you already offered some clues on the analytics side, but, but tell me a little bit more about the vision for the rest of 2015. What are the key priorities? Well, our, you know, our key priorities are, are pretty straightforward. Um, you know, we're in, you know, we are obviously because our market are, large, you know, OEM software and hardware OEMs. We're in discussions with as many of those folks as, as we can get in front of. We are expanding into Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, we've just hired a GM and a sales team, small sales team in Europe, and they are starting to penetrate that market. We've got customers over there, but we didn't have a formal sort of management and selling team over there. Uh, so Europe is a, is a big opportunity and we're aggressively moving into that. And then we're, you know, we're migrating from an older platform that we called Service 360 to our new platform, which we call Service Exchange. And we're migrating our customers onto the new platform, which is going to bring a lot more capability, a lot more visibility, a lot more data uh, management capability to the table for them. Those are sort of the three priorities going forward. Well, sounds good. I look forward to continued updates. Justin, thanks so much, so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime, Joe. Nice to talk to you. To appear in a podcast and discuss your business strategy, contact Amy Katz for sponsorship information. That's amy at afternines.com. Remember to visit afternines.com daily to read our latest blogs or to subscribe to our newsletter. And remember to join us every Tuesday night at 9.01 p.m. Eastern for Good Evening IT Entrepreneurs. I'm Joe Panateri, signing off for afternines.com. Mm -hmm.